go so live. That, so yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're live. Woo! Ah, Welcome everybody to the Business Geeks podcast. Uh, I'm your host for this episode, at least. I don't know if I'll get kicked off after this episode. Uh, this is the first episode of the Business Geeks podcast where uh, we are going to introduce ourselves. We're going to talk about a business topic. We're going to talk about what's grinding our gears in our business. We're going to talk about what we're watching because obviously we're geeks and not just all about business. And you know we're just going to have a, have a really good time with it. And if you feel compelled at any time during this live stream, which we need to share, by the way, uh, my two co-hosts here uh, while I'm you know s- stretching the time, uh, if you if if you feel compelled to to add to the conversation, if you have your own business questions, if you have things that are grinding your gears, if you have things that you're watching, feel free to drop it in the Facebook comments on our Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook.com/slash Business Geeks Podcast, I believe. Uh, and we also have our own website, businessgeekspodcast.com, which currently only has like our bios on it. But once this episode goes goes live and all that, we will have more to share. But right now, I want to uh, to introduce my my guest, my my guest, my co-host here uh, on this show. Uh, I'll start with Jen Jennifer Crawford to my my right. Yeah, thanks, Joe. So excited to be podcasting again. I've been podcast dormant for a number of years, and it just hasn't felt right. So uh, this is tremendous. I am a longtime business owner and entrepreneur, started my first business at the age of 19 and grew that into a million-dollar business. I later lost my shirt on another business. I currently own a virtual agency called Sparent. We provide virtual assistant services and virtual staffing, and our talent pool consists of stay-at-home moms. I also run two podcasting conferences. Coincidentally, we all three have something in common there. Uh, DC PodFest is in its sixth year in 2020, and Podcast Inc., a conference for internal podcasting, is in its first year. That's me in a nutshell. That's more than two sentences. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> yes, it was all about me out to, No, no. Well, I was all about that. We've got to keep it tight. <laughs> oh my gosh, vomiting was, of the mouth already. Oh no, that was super tight, Jen. What Thank a you. what a career, man. You are awesome. <laughs> Sam, why uh Samantha Riley, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Sam, and obviously my accent is a little different to you guys. I'm from Sydney in Australia. I also started my own, my first business at 19, turned that into a million dollar company before I was 30. I know it just keeps getting better and better. Um, So back in uh, 2010, I moved into the coaching space and now I work with experts to help them to develop their thought leadership and use that to leverage their income and their freedom and their impact. I've got another podcast, Thought Leaders Business Lab, and conferences, well, pretty soon there's some very exciting news. But for now, <laughs> I have nothing to, <laughs> nothing to mention there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully at some point you will have something to mention. But you have hosted a number of conferences and events uh, now, like all over the world. Uh, and and I'm very honored to have been a part of uh, at least one of those so far. So, uh, fingers crossed. There's more to come in that. Absolutely, in that absolutely. Uh, so yeah, and for myself, uh, well, I've been around business since about six years old, sweeping floors uh, in my family's truck 
parts business grew up there. Um, it, it was the it became the largest independently owned truck parts company on the East Coast. Uh, started by my grandfather and my dad. Uh, I grew up in it. Uh, learned the IT end, the the operations end, you know, systems processes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and working real tightly with all the different pieces of the puzzle. Um, and in 2014, I decided to leave uh, and start my own business, uh, business uh, consulting and coaching. And it's it's been a heck of a ride. Started podcasting in 2014, started the independent, um, well, was Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference in 2014. And eventually, uh, now it's the Independent Podcast Conference written for books and um, have, you know, spoke at like the United Nations on podcasting and it's it's been uh it's been a lot of fun and, and they even have my own tv show in development so like that's that's uh coming more episodes of that are coming up very very soon here so i'm very excited for uh for the future and very excited about this show uh because it gives me an opportunity to to have some you know uh <clears throat> some some conversations with people uh, that aren't me and aren't my background and and i was having conversations with both these ladies ahead of time anyway so uh so why not, you know to to give my perspective on how this all came out you know i was talking to jen uh like every couple of weeks every three four weeks we'd, we'd have a conversation on the phone and uh this last time that we talked on the phone uh she mentioned about you know starting up a podcast and i was like but she was like, it's got to be related to my business, parent at the, you know, the current business, right? Right, Jen? I don't want to do all the, yeah. all the talking here. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly right. Your recollection of our short history <laughs> is correct. So, uh, you know, I was like, well, you know, that's that sounds awesome. I was like, I would love, I mean, we have great conversations every time we talk. So I was like, it would be great. You know, podcasting is like 99% talking. So, you know, I was like, it, let's, let's take this opportunity to, to, you know, turn it up and and have some uh, and have some great conversations and get some other people in it, like Nick G uh, down below here, uh, saying that now this is just awesome, and uh, Jen, of course. Uh, so yeah, so I was like, all right, and I was like, you know, and then I had this vision. I'm like, well, what if I invited Sam onto into the this foray of of a podcast that doesn't necessarily require us a ton of time to make it all happen, right? Like we jump on, we do the Facebook live, uh, put the podcast pieces together and, and send it out to the website and we'll see what happens. And, it, and for me, uh, it, I started in that, in that thought process, I was like, you know, this really reminds me of how my, my first podcast uh, uh, listening experience of WDW Today got started. It was four Disney geeks, two, two and two knew each other, the, the, I guess the Star Trek thing going, I can't do it. Uh, there we go. <laughs> two, 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 and two of them knew each other, and they they commonly they get like met a common uh, together, and they came together, and you know a decade of podcasting about Disney World later, like they they are like legends. And uh, shout out to those guys um, and and ladies because they they had uh, uh, one lady that joined them later on. But it, you know it it's, it it creates magic when you have more than one person coming together and and really putting something that is a platform for people to get ideas out there and thoughts and, and that kind of stuff. So Sam, uh, what made you want to join this crazy 
idea that was on a whim from a one conversation. Well, it, it was super weird, wasn't it? I got that message and you said, hey, and, and it was, you know, it was, you'd sent the Facebook message and you'd tag Jenny in and say, I've got this idea. I was selling where- it hard in that message. I was like, I got one shot to get her attention. <laughs> you know how fast I move and how quickly I make decisions. <laughs> and you were just like, I've got this idea and, you know, there's Jen and she's amazing and we've got this idea for a podcast. And I just looked and I went, I'm in. It was that quick. I just knew that this was going to be amazing. I loved the concept. It came together so easily. And I've got a rule in business. If it just falls into place really quickly, there's usually something to explore there. Uh, and then, you know, we did get on that call and just and explored it. And I was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. Let's do this. Yeah, I, I agree. So I was excited because I am a self-identifying business geek. I really love talking about business to anyone who wants to talk about business, friend, family, stranger. um, I will talk business with you. It's a problem. Maybe it's a bit of an addiction, but I figured there are probably more people out there like me who like talking about business, exploring ideas, um, you know, looking at the grit, not just the black and white in business, because I think there's a lot more gray area Mm. in business. And I really wanted to pair up with people that were comfortable exploring that. And I think I found the right partners and Sam and Joe, um, but also who um, people who had a sense of fun and adventure, because I think business for me has always been an adventure and mostly fun, even though I've had a lot of, you know, failure to balance out those successes. Ultimately, I look at it as an adventure, a really good adventure. Love that. It, it is an adventure. And, and I, you know, it's, it is, to me, it's all, all about people, right? That's where podcasting was so, you know, pivotal to me was I got to have great conversations with great people doing awesome things cooler than myself. And, uh, and that's really, you know, why I wanted to be able to have this, this, uh, this show. And I've, it's funny, I've wanted to do a roundtable discussion show going back to like 2014, 2015, but it was, it was more about an entertainment value than a business, like, from the heart kind of thing. So, uh, so I'm glad that, you know, it took a few years, but I found the right people that, uh, were like, yes, I want to do this. Let's do it. And then, you know, within what an hour conversation, we had like logo decide, you know, uh-huh. colors and uh, website and name and everything all figured out. So it just, com- when it comes together easy, uh, you know, and, and, uh, was it, um, a hard deal is a bad deal. And like, that goes back to my, like, mm. my great grandfather. So, uh, if this wasn't a hard deal. It wasn't a hard commitment to say, you know what? Once a week, we're going to get together for an hour, talk business. You know, I'll learn. You'll learn. Hopefully, everybody that will be listening will learn and we'll have a great time in the process. Mm, I think totally. I think you're right. I think that's a great lead in to today's topic that we are exploring with uh, with the audience out there. So we wanted to talk about uh, the sharing economy a little bit and unpack some of the pros and cons. <coughs> and I happened to come across this article, the CNN business article, uh, which was an article of Marriott versus Airbnb. And this article uh, was talking about how Marriott has faced the competition that Airbnb has exposed traditional hotel chains to. And I thought it was fascinating how they were taking on that challenge. Mm. 
I, I, when you showed me this article, Jen, I got super geeky and nerdy because back at the end of last year, um, I actually, just for my own amusement, put out a post on Facebook asking, do people prefer Airbnb or hotels? Because going back, you know, we know that back in 2014 that Airbnb like really cut hotel profits and I think it was as much as, you know, nearly 4%. Like it's a huge number. And I know at that time that a lot of us, well, certainly me, was thinking that hotels were going to really lose a massive share of, of their market. What is really interesting and the reason I put this post up was because I actually have swayed back from Airbnb and started going back to hotels because if I'm in if I'm on the road for business, I want to just cruise into the hotel. I want someone to give me my key. I just want to go upstairs to a bed that I know will be made to a certain standard where I know the, you know, that all of the amenities are in the bathroom and where I know that I can just dial down to someone downstairs if something's not right. And if I'm on the road for business, that isn't necessarily what I'm going to get from Airbnb. So what I loved about this article is they've understood that there are business travellers and there are people that are travelling for uh, for pleasure with their families, and I think that this article pulled that apart really well. Yeah, it it absolutely did. And what I loved about it is that here is Marriott. I mean, they are a behemoth in the industry, and they are approaching one hundred years of. Uh, renting out hotel rooms. That's been their business. Here comes Airbnb, who is just now turning 11 years old. And they, this young company posed a threat. And I just really appreciated the fact that rather than taking a defensive or weak position, um, they were very proactive and said, okay, <coughs> let's learn more about our customer. Let's respect and study this trend and see how we can, we can apply it to our business. So they were, even though they're a hundred year old company, they are still willing to pivot and innovate um, because there's always that danger of like, we've always done it this way. We are a big company. Nobody can threaten us, but they didn't have that ego, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they were smart. And I have to say there was a woman at the helm that led the charge in this, um, mm. what are they calling it? Uh, villas and um, they have a name for it. Homes oh, and Villas I didn't write program. It yeah, yeah. Stephanie Linnertz is Marriott's global chief commercial officer. And she was the one who spotted that trend and wanted Marriott to compete with those three out of 10 people. Uh, in 2008, they did a study. So three out of 10 people will stay in a, an Airbnb or some equivalent rather than a hotel. And they wanted to capture that business. There's something else that they picked up there as well is that most of those guests stayed an average of five or more nights in the home rentals and only 1.5 nights in the hotel. So they also understood that people were using the two facilities for very different reasons. 
Yeah. Brilliant, right? Brilliant that they yeah. knew that they, they learned more about their customer. They actually surveyed them to find this out. And then they watched their behavior when they, they piloted this program. I mean, it's so smart. And I think if you have a business, if you're not paying attention to your competition, both current and new competition, and you're not willing to respect that there may be a new player in town that's going to shift consumers' uh, desires and needs, uh, maybe uh, change their expectations, and you're not willing to change um, with that tide, then you're putting uh, a, se a severe threat on your company. Mm, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's going to be lots of awkwardness like that. <laughs> Awkward. Well, I, no. I think uh, you know. Air, well, see, uh, Airbnb has B and B in the name, right? So it's bed and breakfast, and not like I would never consider even prior to Airbnb existence. Like, oh, let me go stay in an air uh, at a bed and breakfast for my business trip, right? For mm. my business needs, and in a lot of cases, those were more expensive <laughs> than what Airbnb provides. Though, in some cases, I mean, I remember we were in Boston and. Uh, a friend of mine, Joey Kasimi, was like staying in an, on an air mattress in an apartment uh, that the lady was still at the apartment, <laughs> like while he was staying there, and it was like two hundred some dollars a night because it's mm. Boston, you know, it's Boston, and mm. it's super expensive. So, uh, so I, you know, there's always going to, but but it was cheaper than getting a hotel room at like three hundred and fifty dollars a night, and he just needed a bed for him, you know, a spot to sleep. But you know, I think that. When it comes to you know surveying, uh, I, I think that you know when you look at like the other companies like, like like a Disney, not to you know beat the Disney drum, but they they're constantly surveying people coming through their gates. I mean, like I've been asked many a times, like you know, can you take five minutes and and just answer a handful of questions? Where are you from? Why are you, you know why'd you come down? Blah blah blah. <coughs> to to find out, like, does this is what they're doing working or is it making sense? Like, yeah, the numbers are there, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the numbers are, are there for the reason you think they are. That's what ask. I was going to mention because they're not just surveying anyone. <laughs> what they've done is surveyed their ideal customer. They're, they're, they're not going for the budget traveler here, right? They're specifically you know, positioning at the at the traveller that wants the top tier amenities. They they're going for the people that want the the upper mar you know that upper end of the market to go and stay with their families somewhere that's that's fancy, somewhere that offers something that people are going to you know Airbnb or VRBO for you know those big houses that they take their families to where they can you know have all the glitz and glamour they're specifically going after that market so you know the way that they've not just pulled this data but made sure that they've got the data for their ideal client is what I think makes this just an absolute you know the the model of following what what they have done over at Marriott is absolutely you know top notch I agree and I love that you brought up the that point about your Joe about your friend having that bad experience with Airbnb because that is again something that that Marriott can capitalize on because you're mm -hmm. not going to have somebody in your room when you show up you're going to have like the Airbnb amenities in other words uh you can rent a whole house for your family if you're celebrating a family reunion or a bachelorette party or something you can have like reliable 
consistent accommodations that you've come to expect from the Marriott brand without that question mark of, oh, what am I getting myself into with little protection, um, you know, getting into a stranger's house. I mean, we've all heard various horror stories from Airbnb experiences. So yeah, all I can say is good for Marriott. I, yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, I was super impressed. Sorry, Joe. No, no, no. It's all right. It's all right. I was just going to put a different spin on, you know, who who should also be looking at the Airbnb. I know there was um on the American Shark Tank. I had to I had to qualify everything with American now because we have somebody who's not not American. But on the American Shark Tank, there was uh there was a I think a pair of guys that had something similar to the Airbnb, but they were focusing on the sports market. Yes, you, you, you've seen this. So yeah. yeah, they were sort of like okay, so like there's the big football game that's coming to like louis something like nowhere louisiana but that's where their college is and the only thing around is like okay it might be one or two hotels but like these stadiums hold like a hundred thousand plus people in them so you need like every house every bedroom mm -hmm. that you can possibly get so people can rent to those places you know to, to something like an airbnb or to airbnb itself um and and I think there's still you know so there's still always going to be a market for that, and I think it's you know again I think the other thing Mar Marriott does really well is they do the point system and they have such a wide um, grasp on the different brands that they have and and you know who those brands are for so like the, you know we were talking about the Marriott Marquis which I forget who said it before the show like they had to look up what that was yeah yeah that, well so we're going to talk about the marriott marquee in a different um light uh, pretty yeah. soon but uh the marriott marquees are their flagship hotels they're large they call them large format so these are the big giant uh marriott's uh and then they have their franchises franchisees franchises uh which is the the courtyard by marriott which is more of their uh, more of a budget model um under the the marriott brand and i you know they have some things in between too Lots. Yeah. So they, you know, so there's always a different, there's a butt for every seat. And I think that's what it's, it's really important that they, you know, do the basics. Right. And that's the basics that we should be all doing for, for our own businesses, which is finding the avatar, right? Mm -hmm. Find out who the avatar is, what they want and, and give more of that. Um, and, and, give rewards to those people and, and tailor those rewards so that they make sense for that type of particular person. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, you know, I, I definitely congratulate them for going back to the basics of figuring out who the avatar is, who's actually using this product that we offer mm -hmm. uh, and, and going back to square one. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that, Joe, because I, you know, in my research, I found that apparently in 2018, they did another, you know, poll. This is the focus right poll. They found that 72 percent of travelers were members of loyalty programs in 2018, and that was the highest level in five years. So, in in response to the the threats of by Airbnb, a lot of hotels beefed up their loyalty programs. It was just Marriott that took it the next step into actually mm. kind of going head to head um, and providing you know these these properties um, that were that were similar to Airbnb properties as opposed to just single hotel rooms. So. Pretty, pretty interesting how Airbnb came on, you know, 11 years ago and has changed the economy. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's That's so cool that, 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 you know, Marriott has done it in the way that they have, though. I think that this is fantastic. And I think that um, 
for me, the takeaway from this whole article and how people can really implement what Marriott have done into their own business is to really think outside the box and ask different questions. And um, there's there's a piece that I got out of um, a great book, and I can't remember the name of it at the minute, but they they shared the case study of um, back in 2008 when Audi was just developing the R10 for the Le Mans 24-hour race. And it, at the time, there was all sorts of things where people couldn't get the cars to go faster. Everyone was asking, how can we get the car to go faster? And what the head engineer at Audi did was actually say, well, if we can't build a faster car, you know, how can we how can we go faster than everyone else? How can we still win? And what they did was created the Audi R10, which then went on to win its first race of 2006 and in that same year won the 24-hour Le Mans just by asking that different question. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this whole, this whole you know, everything we're talking about here is, you know, we can get caught looking at things through the same perspective. It's like if we can turn it and flip it on its head, how can we then ask a different question to get different data, to get different answers? Absolutely. I love that. I, I yeah. love that story. It illustrates the point perfectly. Love it. Yeah. No, it does. I, um, yeah, I, I think that when it comes to, you know, getting stuck inside the box of like, okay, this is what we're, you know, this is the goal, right? We're, we're focused on the goal, but like, there's always another way to find that goal. And sometimes, you know, with, especially with the Le Mans race specifically, like keeping the engine running for that long is a, is a trick in and of itself at high speeds, right? Or changing the the um, traction so that you can get that half a half a um, tenth of a second or or hundredth of a second faster around one corner. Rather, mm -hmm. you know, you're not necessarily going 210 miles instead of 200 miles an hour or, I don't know, kilometers or however fast that is in, uh, you know, but, but you're able to go in certain areas, you know, 60 miles an hour where normally you had to go 58 or you had to get down to 57 or 56. But so, where this team was really cool was they even started looking, okay, well, what are the, what are the other processes like? How long is the pit stop? What can we do to make the pit stops faster? Yeah. What can we do? You know what I mean? It's like really, really pulling everything apart. Yeah, yeah that, that's awesome. And that's that's the way we should be thinking about our businesses and how we're trying to accomplish problems, uh, accomplish problems, accomplish success. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all accomplish great problems. <laughs> that's the easy part, accomplishing the problems. Really good at that. Super good. Yeah, yeah nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. So speaking of nailed it, uh, let's talk about. So we one of the um, one of the topic topics or um, sex segments. Sex segments seg, thank you, segments mm -hmm. uh, of this show that I you know we wanted to bring in was talking about a negative review uh, from from somewhere that we found on the internet, and then talk about how we would respond to it to give you know practical advice and how because like I know I respond to stuff. Jen had a whole or has at slash had a whole company based around answering negative Facebook, uh, you know, feedback and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I thought this would be a good topic. So, um, uh, Jen, do you want to read the one? Yeah, star yeah, I've, I've got the review right here. Uh, coincidentally, because we like to have cohesion on the Business Geeks podcast, this is a Yelp review for the Marriott Marquis in Washington, D.C. I'm going to try to share it while you're while you're doing that. OK, this is a one star review um, from Leah Kay, who is an elite 
a Yelp reviewer. And for those of you who don't know the impact of a review from a, an elite Yelper, um, in Yelp's algorithm, if you get if your business gets a review from an elite Yelper, then that review is much more heavily weighted than a review that's not. And so it will rank higher. So when people go to your Yelp page, your business's Yelp page, um, they will see those reviews ahead of any other reviews. So if an elite um, Yelper gives you a one-star review, it's pretty um, impactful and it weights more heavily in your overall rating. So I, I mentioned that because Leah is an elite 2020 Yelp reviewer. She has 720 reviews under her belt. This one happens to be a one-star review. I did go to um, Leah's other reviews to make sure she was a balanced reviewer. Um, and Yelp also does that, and she is. So I think this is a fair review. Uh, this reads, this place is a beautiful facility, but I would never recommend it to anyone. It is truly some of the worst service I've experienced. And from such, such an expensive place, it's definitely worse. For starters, I arrived for my friend's wedding. She not only had a suite, but an entire block. I showed up with an actual trunk full of stuff and couldn't get someone to help with either taking the stuff out of the car or with parking. Seriously, I found someone, asked them, and then was brushed off. Thankfully, one of the other bridesmaids was there and waited with the stuff while I went to try to find someone to park my car. They've only got valet, which by the way, for a hotel that's this expensive, parking is also wildly expensive and delivered with awful service. Flashing forward hours later, when I went to get my car, it took almost 30 minutes to get my vehicle. During the stay, we tried to call room service and no one answered. I went downstairs to ask to buy beverages and have some silverware, and it took quite a while to make that happen. This is by far the worst Marriott, Marriott experience I have ever had. Seriously disappointing. So... In addition to this one-star review, uh, this particular Marriott Marquis has quite a few one-star reviews. And so what I look for when I'm evaluating a business personally and I'm looking at their reviews, I look for consistent comments. And what you'll find if you peruse these reviews like I did, uh, I'm a little crazy about Yelp, by the way, um, you'll find some great business intelligence about this, this, this location. So they have a problem with customer service, repeated comments about their customer service, repeated comments that they don't answer the phone. Can you imagine a Marriott Marquis not picking up the phone when you call to make a reservation? Um, they have bed bugs. They, um, there were mouse sightings. And the rooms are in disrepair. Even um, there was a case of a bed frame that was bent out of shape and actually cut somebody because it was sticking way out. So this hotel has serious problems. And what I'd like to also point out is the Marriott Marquis has not responded to any of the reviews, good or bad. And I think that's a extremely big missed opportunity for Marriott. I think this is something that is damaging, extremely damaging to the Marriott brand. I, I would never stay at this hotel based on the reviews. And I, I like Marriott. I'm a Marriott Bonvoy rewards member. I, you know, if I'm out in a strange city, I feel very comfortable booking a Marriott hotel. So I was actually shocked 
And here we are, the beginning of the show. We talked about how awesome Marriott is and how they responded to the Airbnb uh, threat. But this is, you know, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is awful. I can't believe it. So, and they haven't responded to this, right? Like, if mm. I'm on, because I don't read Yelp very often. No, um, they ha they have not responded, and and a business always has a chance to respond to the review, which I always recommend trying to remedy the situation. And now they have so many bad reviews, and there are so many problems plaguing this hotel that I think you need a professional. Uh, to mm. come in and clean house because it's mm. not just a simple fix at this point. We've got staffing issues. We have service issues. We have um, actual facility issues, cleanliness issues. Oh, the food is terrible also, according to lots of people. <laughs> so, so across the board, this hotel needs a complete overhaul. So it's wow. a massive, massive red flag that the hotel yeah. hasn't responded to these, to these reviews. And I don't know much about Yelp at all. But would I be right in guessing if the hotel hasn't responded at all that when people are going to look at these reviews and they're seeing all of the one-star reviews and no one's responded, they're like, well, I have to add my two cents worth in here. Uh, yeah, I would expect if they if they had a bad experience, I don't mm. I think it's pretty rare for people to review a business they haven't been to. <laughs> um, but what what Marriott is not seeing or doesn't have any, proof of is all the is all the business that they're losing. They're I guarantee you they're losing tons of business because somebody looking to book a hotel might be looking at their online reviews first. At least I always do that whether it's Yelp or Google reviews. I if before I spend 2-300 a night on a room, I want to make sure that it's got, you know, good reviews. And so if I saw these reviews, I would immediately take this Marriott off my my list and Marriott would never know. Mm. Would never know that they lost my business. Totally, totally. Mm. So, apart from apart from, I guess, using these reviews to not have an opportunity to follow up with the people that have left a bad review, mm. it's also a massive missed opportunity to realize. Oh my goodness, we need to change the culture in a hotel. We need to do some staff training. We need to do some renovations. We need to, you know, really step it up to to get these customers back. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I, Nick, uh, Nick, one of our uh, audience members asked if it's best to encourage reviews or let them come as they do. <laughs> I always prefer honest reviews. Like if you loved my business and loved my service, please give me an honest review. With that said, I do remind my clients anyway um, to give a review or ask them for a testimonial if they've been happy. I don't think that's bad as long as it's coming from an honest place. What's worse, I think, is ignoring the reviews altogether, yeah. not mm. claiming your Yelp page, not responding to a negative review, not... Uh, you know, not being able to set your ego aside from your business and take what this is all like such good business intelligence, like someone from Marriott that's higher up could take all of these comments and know exactly they have a blueprint for what they mm. need to do to make mm. this right and to turn the tide. So this is such good intelligence. So if you could set your ego aside and look for those consistent comments, good or bad, that's the truth about your business. 
Mm. We had yeah. just we had a very similar instance just recently where one of our clients wasn't totally happy with something that was happening. And, at, you know, at first it's like, oh, no, I don't want to deal with this is the yeah. feeling. But, of course, we do. And he's turned out to be one of our best clients. Mm -hmm. And what because we've opened up that conversation and said, not only do we want to fix this, but please tell us as much, give us as much feedback as possible. And let me tell you, we've probably put almost 10 new procedures and systems in place just from working with him. And from there, he's actually gone on to say, you know, I really am looking forward to working with you long term. And we and that could have flipped very easily if we hadn't have done anything. I literally got goosebumps. I'm such a business geek. I literally got goosebumps when you were telling me that story because that's what um that's what happens because unhappy customers that are really loud, they are not expecting you really to fix it because that's not necessarily the predominant experience in customer service. Um, but when a business does like head on, try to, uh, you know, one, like, listen, and then fix, then you're going to take that upset, uh, angry client, and they're going to become your most loyal, because mm. you actually cared. And that's all really anybody wants, right? They, they want to be um, listened to, and they want to be valued as a customer. And when you do that, um, you've got a loyal a loyal client. And then you've also like, um, like Sam pointed out, you most likely improved your overall business. And I mean, you should really be paying these people that complain, in my opinion, because um, it's better than any business consultant is your unhappy customers. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I, what I would like to add to that is, uh, yes, I would, I would definitely actively encourage reviews and here's why, uh, a friend of mine, uh, has a pressure washing business and his uh, his business got bombed for like, I don't know, 10 bucks. It would buy it with bad reviews, hundreds of bad reviews uh, overnight on both Facebook and Google. Uh, and it was obvious they were fake. I mean, that they're all from like India and, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. he's a pressure washing business in South Jersey. Like, it, it, you know, it's he's not worldwide or by any sense of the word, but um, but it took him months to get those reviews removed. And in the meantime, it's, it made his business suffer, right? Cause people are looking at the star rating just as much as they're looking at the specifics. So if people don't do their active research, they're just going to the next one, right? Especially with a service-based business where if you're a plumber, if you're something that's just like a dot, you know, a dime a dozen, I'm just going, moving on to the next one. I'm not mm. even reading to see like, why is it so bad? Like, uh, if I'm in a rush, cause I need, you know, I need a, I need that service. So I would absolutely encourage reviews. Um, and I would definitely encourage, um, replying to them. A lot of times wait, I'll reply to them for, for our repair shop business is like, you know, explaining a little bit, uh, and, and basically asking for them to, to reach out to us. And, and I know in, um, when you were, uh, I forget which one of you were saying the, uh, was it Sam? You got ten new processes out of mm. out of uh, talking with it with <coughs> with that with that person. Uh, I remember with uh, Middle Land Podcast Conference. So we uh, had some. We had a pretty negative review. It was private, you know, customer feedback survey. You know, the, the annual survey thing that we send out. And part of it was asking for that. You know, their their phone or their email address and name, so I could reach out to them and schedule a time and. Um, I was able to turn a really negative 
like feedback into something really positive and they're like oh i get it now and mm. and they were like they had a whole different like outlook on how it was and i got to learn that i needed to do a better job of explaining parts of the conference so that people understood what they were getting themselves into mm. <laughs> and it's not just different ways of explaining it might be different things that you're doing that are just straight out not really achieving the outcomes that you want to achieve so there is just so much that you can get from you know as jen said a listening like really shutting your mouth and listening b thanking people and apologizing and three what are we going to do to move forward yeah yeah and, and that's the other thing like i said like you don't have to have somebody bomb your company you know i mean nick you, you have a painting company right it's it's not a worldwide company but the same thing could absolutely happen to you where somebody spends ten dollars on fiverr for 100 negative reviews to go to you because they're really mad at you for whatever reason and uh and if you don't have positive reviews to counteract that then you just went from like hey i had five positive reviews and now i have 150 reviews but it's one star i went from five star four and a half star to to one star like now it's it's not looking good for you mm. yeah and and you know, it's easy to take the, you know, head in the sand approach with reviews. I know I had a client one time and I was actually one of the first people to review their business on Yelp. And I noticed when I did that, that they hadn't claimed their Yelp page. And so I contacted them to let them know that the review was there and that I noticed they hadn't claimed their Yelp page. And it turns out that that was very intentional on their part, that they were so afraid of trolls and negative reviews that they decided that they were just going to just pretend like Yelp didn't exist. But unfortunately, you really can't do that because whether you're there or not to respond, people are going to be writing about your business, mm. good and bad. And it's always the extremes, right? When you feel extremely happy and have like an outrageously good experience, you you are more inclined to write about it. And you're also more inclined to write when you have a horrible experience and you feel that this is your only recourse is to have some public shaming. <laughs> this is yeah. the, this is the world we live on live in and it's not limited to just online review sites but also um, social media. So if you're not paying attention to what people are saying about your business, then you've lost control of the conversation and you've lo you've lost control of your brand perception, which is really scary and could be really dangerous. Mm. So I, as part of this topic, I mean, we've, we've obviously we've covered how to like why you need reviews and all that. And, and I think like, cause it, to be part of the segment, I think we need to round robin this and, and say like, how would we respond to this review? So who wants to volunteer to go first? Well, I think this is Jen's wheelhouse. Oh my gosh. This one is a little challenging because, <laughs> because I know it's not the only review and this is such a neglected establishment um but i would i would i would reply and also see if i could communicate um with her offline just because i would want more details of like who she dealt with specifically what dates she was there um i would definitely invite her back with a a free stay that was equivalent to the time that she was there including room service um and to try to make it right um, but I would also, um, outline to her exactly how we were addressing the issues. Every single mm -hmm. thing I would take everything that she said as absolute truth and then take it step by step and say, we're fixing this. This is, you know, whether it's replacing staff, new training, um, you know, 
better customer service, more we're, we're put more people on the phones. Um, we just, I would fix it and I would fix it as quickly as possible and then invite her back for free. So for me, rather than give my opinion, because I would have said exactly the same as what Jen did, I'm going to ask Jen, I'm going to ask you a different question. Because this particular account has been left for so long as the Marriott, how would you now deal with all of these reviews? Yeah, that's, it's so tough. I think that, you know, there's some systematic issues that that somebody from Marriott organization needs to come in, like probably a whole team of people need to come in and work on this hotel. And I would probably have somebody that is uh, skilled with customer relations, like a customer relations manager go through and I would respond to every single review and say, hey, we are fixing our hotel. Thank you so much for pointing out the things that were wrong with it. This is how we're addressing it. We have a whole team coming in and we and we would invite you to come back as our special guests so we can unveil the changes that we've made and mm. so we can be proud of this hotel again. Mm. Uh, it's it I mean it's a tremendous amount of work and expense but you know, Marriott is a big enough brand. They have the resources to fix this. Not every mm. business would be able to, but they have the resources. It's it's um, it's a shame that this is happening. Yeah. So the biggest takeaway there is deal with everything as it happens. Yeah. 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 I I I uh I would I would agree. I'd also I would like to add that they you know I've tagged the Marriott in in this uh, Facebook Live. I you know they they can hire the business geeks. To, <laughs> oh, uh, the business geeks would kind of, love to, to help. <laughs> you know. Listen, I hope they can appreciate that we've had a lot of really positive things to say about Marriott, and this this to me seems like an anomaly. That's you know just so out of character yeah. for the for the mm-hmm. chain that I I felt like it was worth worth pointing out in the um the scope of our discussion yeah they can do it you can fix this marriott by faith in yeah you. yeah well I, I you know i was at a marriott owned uh resort I, I don't really necessarily want to say the one but we were down in the atrium and and jen knows what i'm talking about here because she dropped me off at this pl- said place mm-hmm. and then like before we're going to get, get dinner and like there's like a we're in like this giant atrium and there's like a like a house looking hut kind of thing in it. And, and uh, my friend looks up and is like, Oh, there's a, there's a roach there. Just kind of chilling, you know, walking around. It actually gets a little bit tricky because roaches are like, they do hang around food. So that does get a bit tricky. And how funny, I actually know which Marriott you're talking about. And I've stayed there and it was fabulous. So (laughs) I just want Marriott to know, yes, I have a free night. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't had a bad, I haven't had a bad Marriott experience. I've stayed at quite a few, so I'd like to go on the record. Um, But yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Nick says, yes, wouldn't a PR person have a part in that too? I, I would say, yeah, yeah like, there should be somebody on this. I think what's most disturbing about this is that only three people clicked useful for her review, <laughs> which either means people aren't taking her review seriously or people are taking it seriously and not, you know, not clicking it or, um, you know, and it, it, just, it just seems really odd that only, th- you know, that's such a high. They, if, if there's that many one stars, they may be scrolling a lot and yeah. not stopping to click. Yeah. I mean, the Marriott overall review is three stars with 304 reviews. That's not, that's not great. Um, yeah. and when you're, when you're at three stars, people, people are looking for four, plus, <coughs> four plus stars. If, if I don't see four plus stars, I'm not going to do business with you most likely. Yeah. Wow. 
I mean, it's a beautiful atrium there. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so does this yes. bring, does this bring us to the grind your gears segment? Yes, now? I think I think we should talk about what grinds our gears this week. So, uh, what we wanted to to talk about was it, with each episode is what grinds our gears in our business right now. Like, what 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 do we have to get out uh, that's inside of us so we can you know, release a little bit of a stress, uh, in, and hopefully get some, some positive feedback in return. So who, who would like to, oh, can I start? Can I start? Ahead, Definitely. Yeah. I think that that the discussion that we want to have this week around what's grinding our gears is around when we're connecting with a new network, whether it's at a networking event, whether it's on social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, that we're connecting with a person to build a relationship and not thinking of the person that's opposite us as, oh, a new person in our funnel. I have been noticing this a lot on LinkedIn and I know, Jen, you've got a, a, a different a different way of or a different um, perception of this, but people that I'm connecting with on LinkedIn that aren't even saying, well, there's, uh, there's uh, two things happen, either, hi, this is who I am by my thing or, hi, that's it, and next minute I've been enrolled in their their email campaign and they're spamming the heck out of my inbox I I don't even know if I want that person's thing and even if I did at that point I'm so turned off by the way they do business it doesn't align with my values that I'm just not interested and I think that we've got all these amazing tools at our fingertips you know CRMs and social media but we're still doing business with real people and that doing business in a way that we would want business done to us, I guess, is the biggest opportunity for us in 2020. I Like number one, the biggest opportunity. It's what I call lazy business. It's mm. so lazy. People just want like easy, easy, easy. Business is not easy. Um, a funnel does not solve all your problems. Um, I agree, like that personal um, that personal interaction. So I'm having something similar. I have noticed exactly what you've noticed on LinkedIn. Uh, and it's such a great place to really connect with people. Awesome but platform. It's, a, it's an awesome platform and people pollute it with their auto DMs and their odds oh, and their robotic messages. It's so sad. Um, so what I would like everyone to do that owns a business is to read the can spam act. It's there's, it's, it's very, it's, 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 you know, really good reading. It's so interesting. So there's plot twists, all kinds of things. No, it's, <laughs> um, no, it's, it's not that bad. It's, it's written in language. I think most people of average intelligence can easily understand. So one of those things is you, if I give you my business card at a networking event, I have not get consented or signed up for your email list. Doesn't mm. give you permission permission to to put marketing materials in my inbox. It's actually against the Can Spam Act. It's also against the Can Spam Act to send me a marketing email and not have an unsubscribe link. Oh, hallelujah! Yeah, that is bad news. I could turn you in. I could <laughs> to the FTC, and you'd be in big trouble. So somebody had sent me an email. Um, I, I don't know where it came from. I don't don't remember meeting this people this person actually, but she sends me this email about her webinar because you know everybody's got one, um, and it's a sales email and there's no unsubscribe link. And I was like, mm, 
That's annoying. So, because otherwise I would have just unsubscribed, been done with it. So I emailed her back and said, hey, um, unfortunately I didn't see an unsubscribe link. And just so you know, because I don't want you to get in trouble, here's a link to the Canned Spam Act. <laughs> And she emails me back all oh, the I was not sending you spam. I was sending you ah. an opportunity. <laughs> I was like, no, that's you were it was spam. <laughs> unwanted messages. Like, yeah, it was unwa spam. I don't even know you. So there is this um it, it it stinks of desperation. You know, like we're just gonna flood people's inboxes and you know what we have is so special, it's not spam. It is spam. If you send somebody a message that's unwarranted unasked for, unsolicited, it is spam. It is mm. spam. Unless you have a, a chocolate chip cookie that tastes like a real chocolate chip cookie that's zero calories, I will consider it spam. Unless you're selling me that. Okay. <laughs> then you can just spam me all day long. But that cookie uh -oh. might be like $30 a cookie. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll pay, okay I'll pay $50 a cookie if it really tastes like a homemade. <laughs> Please, nobody send me anything. I know that's probably going to open up a something but uh but yeah and, and it's like what, what sam said it's you know good old-fashioned marketing will never go out of style like the that face-to-face -face, that real connection that real interest and and curiosity about somebody with no agenda like you don't mm. have to have an agenda just build relationships and mm. good things will happen come from a genuine place care about people support other people i mean things will happen good things will happen mm. good good makes good it really does and i don't know about you two but i have made the mistake every now and again like all of us make mistakes and there's some sort of things that i've done over the years and then now i just shudder but it's about just acknowledging ah oh, that's probably not the way i wanted to show up apologizing opening up the conversation it's amazing what you can do by opening up a real live conversation with someone yeah so i would like to give the um give a different a little bit of a different take on this right? i love it i love and it it's yes. not the, it's not that i you know i'm taking people's email addresses and putting them into my uh no it's quite the opposite kind of like the opposite but i i think it's i think it's interesting it's more like a commentary about how interesting it is that people get so personal about their inboxes um yet we get spam in our actual inboxes out in front of our house every single day and there's like zero that we can do about that except receive more. Um, and the other thing is, is yeah, okay, it doesn't have an un uh, unsubscribe, but you could block them. And and to go along with all of that, when there was um back when Facebook had the brilliant idea of like adding people to groups rather than inviting them to <laughs> groups, uh, you know, I saw so many posts about people complaining about this. I'm like, just hit the leave, like leave yeah. the group. Like, what? I don't even understand what this is bothering you for. Like. This literally should have the least amount of impact on your life, but it seems to bother people enough where they're going to post about it. So like I get being at it because I, I don't like to be rude either. Right. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to be rude about like, oh, I unsubscribed you. In fact, there's some that I have left on because, you know, I, I don't mind reading it once in a while. We, we all know how much I don't read, but um you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't bother me as much. And it's also funny that most people, and I'm looking at you, Sam, uh, and I don't know about you, Jen, uh, have like 30,000 emails in their inbox anyway. So what the hell's the difference? Because <laughs> we want, we want to see the important ones. And, and sometimes as long as there's an unsubscribe, I rarely get worked up. I just, I just kind of accept that this is the world we're in. <laughs> However, I was at a networking event recently and I met somebody 
And I liked her. I really did. I liked her. I would actually like to get to know her better. She's got multiple businesses. And rather than send me a follow-up email saying, hey, I enjoyed meeting you too. Maybe she didn't enjoy meeting me. There's always that possibility. That's on the table. That's totally on the table. But she likes, yeah, she filled my, I had like three email newsletters from her in my, in my inbox. And I was like, ah. It just really, and then she tried to friend me on Facebook and then I was like, oh, and I'm scared because I feel like you're just trying to try to sell me something. And then, yes, I could unsubscribe from her, but I didn't want to unsubscribe because she's going to know that I like just met her last night and I'm already unsubscribing for her <laughs> from her email list. And I didn't want her to like to think I hated her. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to unsubscribe in like four weeks when I'm. Wow. You y- really you know? pull that apart, don't you, Jen? Wow. <laughs> There's a lot going on in your head. I don't, want I don't want to hurt her business feelings. I, I you know, I just don't. So I think what Joe said is really great, though. Really, not the part about my thirty thousand emails. That's not the great bit. The, the great bit is really, yeah. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. You're welcome. In a year's time, are we really going to care about what just happened now? Like if 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 we're not going to spend five minutes in a year's time thinking about it, we probably shouldn't spend five minutes thinking about it right now. So I love your input there, Joe. I, you know, I said something similar to uh, to my coworker here today, and I was like, he was like talking about the man bun and uh, how much he hates it. And I was like, wow, I wish hair mattered that much to me that I cared about what other people did with their hair. It's hair. <laughs> Like, get, like, geez, like, unless they tattooed some hateful speech across their forehead, I probably don't care. My favorite man bun story is I was in Starbucks and a man with a man bun ordered a cinnamon bun. And, <laughs> I, was just, and I cracked up that he was getting a cinnamon bun and he had a man bun. Does anybody see the humor? Just me. I thought I was like, I just imagined like no matter where he went, he was or- always ordering buns. Like <laughs> so I was just like, all of his food came in bun format. <laughs> oh wow! Oh. We should move on from the buns. So, so <laughs> surprising. Uh, so anyway. Uh, there's two last things I wanted to talk about before we wrap up. And w- one of the topics, uh, one of the segments is, is what are we watching this week? And maybe what are you watching? What are you reading? Uh, for me, it would probably never be what am I reading, but, uh, <laughs> I, so I'll start with this. Uh, I watched, uh, was it inside Lehman brothers? Uh, it's a doc. It's like an, a little over an hour documentary about Lehman brothers and how like horrendous, um, and how almost like movie like it was, especially leading up to like the last eight years, uh, the last like five years of its existence, uh, or well, up to the 2008 crash, I should say, and um, and and some of the tactics that they were employing to like squash people within the company, uh, within their subsidiary companies to like do the underwriting of those mortgages, um, and how it was like, yeah, no, like you're you're not gonna stop approving it and once you do we'll just give it to somebody else you'll stop getting them and you know your thirty thousand dollar a month paycheck will go to like nothing um and it was it was really depressing uh even having them having like other people come in and and, like move stuff around like the like these women would like go home and like their potted plants on their porch would be in a different place like and they would talk about like well we know where your daughter goes to school and like yeah yeah like that kind of create like they would you know to paint you as this like crazy person to like so they could just keep producing 
these ridiculous numbers and, and like I'm all for capitalism and and all that but like I mean the ridiculousness that happened leading up to 2008 um is I mean it's not just criminal it's like it's horrific mm-hmm. what they did to these people yeah um wow. to that get is, what they wanted that is horrible it, it is it is and and then with the whole bankruptcy thing they were basically like yeah like you, you're never gonna see like any money <laughs> for the from the lawsuits from like the sexual harassment lawsuits to the um you know basically life not destroying but like heavily changing their lives where, wow. where, where, where are you watching this is this netflix uh where Amazon? did i get it from i don't it might be on netflix okay I'll, I'll, i'm gonna pull it up now if uh one of you want to go next um you, you can go jen you've okay. you you've got a cool one yeah okay so um my business read lately has been story brand by donald miller um, I have a lot of business books I have behind me in that nice pile. Most of them I haven't read. This is one I've read and it's very good. My key takeaway from it is that the, your business is never the hero. You're, you need to position your customer as a hero in the, the story that you tell. And that, that lesson led to me tweaking a lot of language on my website. Mm. Um, so that's my takeaway. My guilty pleasure. Uh, I watched this show uh episodic show called Spinning Out, starring January Jones on Netflix about an ice skater. Um, I mean, a lot of craziness happens. It starts kind of slow. And then all of a sudden you've got all kinds of all kinds of things going on. I highly recommend it. And I also I just this isn't um, I don't know, this might might not um, fit. But do you guys know about rocket books? No, this is something I, I got as a gift from actually one of my, my business clients. Rocket book is a digital notebook. So there's real pages in here and you use the, one of these, um, what are these friction pens? They're erasable. Mm-hmm. So this is the cool thing. Not only is this reusable for life, like you can just write as many times as you want. All you have to do is wipe it off with a damp cloth. But before that uh, you do that, there's an app so you can upload um, your notes to Dropbox, Google Drive, um, whatever Slack, whatever platform you use, um, you can digitally upload. And they, there's also like a, a handwriting recognition thing. So they can also transcribe your notes into text format. And it is a game changer. I am no longer killing trees. Um, and I could take notes to my heart's content and then just upload them to the cloud and start over. Um, yeah, Rocketbook. This is like, everyone should have one. It's the best thing. I'm just, You've I'm, just I'm changed that. my life. I, I changed am, my life. I am the person that has notebooks everywhere. It me drives too. Leon insane. Me too. But this is, I, in my head, I'm just like, because I like to take notes when I coach my clients. Now I don't need to get someone to type them in anymore. I can just upload them. <laughs> it's genius. It is genius. Ah, it is the best you. thing since sliced bread. I think it's better than sliced bread. Better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not buns, but bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best thing since a man bun ordering a bun. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, guys, I want to share what I've been watching on Netflix. This is super nerdy. I love documentaries and I've been watching One Strange Rock, which is a documentary series about how our planet came to in, into existence, about what's happening to it now. But what I love about this particular documentary so much is that the scenes move between 
Will Smith being the like the host between you know images of what's happening with our planet and it's all you know computer generated and it actually um, also incorporates I think it's eight different um, NASA astronauts that have lived on the space station also giving their take on what's happening from looking at the earth above and it is absolutely brilliant so I cannot recommend One Strange Rock enough. Sounds amazing. It's it. super, it is. super uh, geeky, yeah. super definitely, geeky. <laughs> definitely want to watch it. Uh, definitely looking forward to watching it. So, yeah, so I, I think you actually gave this 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 uh, segment a better name, uh, Jen, was uh, One Cool Thing. Uh, is that, uh, that nice sound? work. Yeah, right? I think. Is that, was that me? Yeah. It, you, it you're like one, you're, you're like, the smart one. You said this cool thing, and, <laughs> and oh, I was like, oh, oh One oh, Cool okay. Thing. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. so much better than, like, what are we watching this week? And you're, like, talking about Rocketbook and – you know, when we talk about <laughs> books or something else, like, you know, some crazy fad thing that we're doing, um, you know, like building yoga. You got to do it on top of a building, like hanging off the edge or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Sure. Wonderful That's not thing. what we're watching. That's what we're doing. So one cool, one cool thing. So the last thing I wanted to talk about this week uh, was, oh, uh, Nick says, yes, and inexpensive on Amazon. So I will yeah. definitely be checking that out because I, yeah. uh, I do love writing in notebooks. Uh, but my problem with that is, is again, like Sam said, transcribing it or having it with me wherever I go and like mm. in my phone. That's why I use Evernote for like a lot of things at this point. Um or a combination of like Google Docs and, and Evernote, just so I always have it with me. Um, anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about this before we wrap up and 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 all that is, uh, what do we each expect to get out of this show? Like, what what where do we? Because it's it'd be interesting, like episode one versus like episode one hundred. You know, like what yeah, because they're expect? always so different, right? <laughs> yeah, like chucking it into the can, like chucking it into the 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 time capsule. Yeah, um, I think to, it's, well, I'll jump in first then. I think it's um, really cool to talk about topics that are trending and then really see how we can take the the learnings and take out key, key points that we can use in our business because success leaves clues, right? And even just talking about Marriott and while that, whilst that might have nothing to do with us and what we do in our business, there were so many takeaways that we can share to help people, you know, grow their business or even to start thinking about things in a different way. So I think that I want the biggest outcome to be is to have people asking better questions or to be hearing different perspectives because I can guarantee that all three of us are not going to agree at all times. And I think there's beauty in that. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. I would say the exact same thing. I mean, <laughs> all of that, all of that. And I and I really want to encourage people to talk uh, beyond that. I also love the idea of encouraging people to talk openly about business because I think there's this misperception or glamorization of entrepreneurship. And as much as I lo have loved being an entrepreneur my, um, my adult life, um, there's also just some stark realities to entrepreneurship and a lack of honesty in the online space. Mm. Um, so I'd love to bring honesty back to business, honest conversations where we can all learn and learn from each other and grow. Um, I, I think everything you said, Samantha, and then that too. Mm, love it. 
I, I I absolutely love it. And that's one of the reasons I'm so glad that I got to bring you two together and uh and and be a part of it and get to to learn in the process. I think uh what I want out of this and and I know I I think I text well, I texted both of you about this idea of a mission uh for the show. And 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 like for me, I, I really would love to see the show. Uh, help generate a billion dollars in revenue for mm. the businesses that it touches, right? The people that listen and the people that come together to to not only learn from it, but to teach others. And um, and I look forward to the community that it builds because that's really for me, like the like I was saying in the very beginning of the show, like WDW today, the community that they built meant it, it's still it's I mean literally I just got a text from one of those people right now because I'm going back to Disney in in uh, in March, but you know, it's, it's, it becomes like a forever family, um, and, and a forever growing. So I'm looking forward to, to see what we can, uh, what we can do as far as helping other business owners, uh, figure things out, helping ourselves and figuring things out, uh, being mm. able to lean on each other, maybe, you know, helping other businesses in a, in a, like I said, Hey, Marriott, if you want to hire us, I, I'm <laughs> absolutely open to taking, a. Uh, a consulting check uh, with with these two these two ladies. I keep pointing in the, uh, the wrong direction. Uh, these two ladies over here and and helping you turn that uh, that specific location around. But uh, you know, as well as any other business that's looking for that kind of help. I mean, we all have, the three of us have uh, very different backgrounds uh, and different expertise, and we all have different businesses that we run now, right? And I, that's why I thought like, hey. The three of us together, uh, not only do we have this this background, but we have the ability to uh, bring, uh, you know, and uh, the perspectives, but bring um, bring the the level of help to not only for ourselves but to our businesses and and as a lead generation too, right? We're we're the the goal for uh, the three of us is to help generate leads for our businesses. So uh as well as you know building a community here and see where see where that goes so i'm i'm full on board looking forward to to doing that with the two of you and it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to to get to get to be a part of it honestly thanks Jeff. likewise and, I- and and this is only episode 1 and look what we've covered in one episode go us i hear yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we did it we did it it was i was nervous i was nervous, You're nervous? Today. I, yeah of course <laughs> Of course I was nervous. I'm not a professional. Like I I'm a, I'm a, I'm a geek. I'm not made for camera. I'm not made for public consumption at, at all times. Uh, so yeah, I was nervous, but this was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that we are planning on producing the Business Geeks podcast uh, weekly. Yes. Uh, both in the live and uh, audio format. And we'd appreciate a follow on social media. I'm not sure what our social media handles are because it's new. It's all new. But, all but Sam, Sam probably can tell you where to follow us. I can. So we're on Instagram at Business Geeks Podcast, on Facebook at Business Geeks Podcast, and Twitter at Biz Geeks Podcast. Good. we got a good handle. You better follow us. I don't know who's going to be in charge of our social media, but one of one or all of us will be. We'll get interns. Isn't that? I don't know. Do we have a staff yet? What? Yeah. <laughs> Get our international LLC on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I want to thank you guys for an amazing episode. And thank you to, oh, I know Nick jumped in and Tyson. I saw Clay jump in. Thanks mm-hmm. for interacting with our Facebook Live. And thank you to all of our listeners that have sat through our very first episode because 
I know that I'm speaking for all three of us. We so appreciate you. Ditto. Absolutely. And uh, we won't uh, next week. We got to figure out when we're going to be normally be Tuesdays at 8 p.m. That's what we have in our calendar forever and always. Uh, but that was a conflict for next week. I'm so uh, mad at you, Joe. I'm seriously I, mad at you. I mean, I, don't I wanna, wanted it to be. On, I'm I, so I mad. But, you notice uh, I didn't reply to that Facebook message. I, I did I notice. Like, I'm mad. Uh, Sam is <laughs> like, no, don't move. Don't like, keep the. Oh, I know that's my, blame me because we're on the committee meeting, and I'm like, we can't move the meeting. Jen will be okay. Whoops, shouldn't have spoken for Jen. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's we on my calendar, my permanent record. Uh, <laughs> what does it take to have a successful podcast? Consistency. Consistency. Oh. Yes. So after after uh, we, maybe we'll do Monday instead. I don't know. We'll figure we'll figure it out. We'll sort it out. There. Uh, anyway, everyone. I hope you all have an amazing week. And if you want to reach us, uh, facebookcom slash super uh, super yeah slash business geeks podcast. Uh, reach out with your questions and maybe you'll get answered on the next week's episode. I don't know when next week's episode is, but it will happen. Anyway, take care. Ciao.